So this is our first time recording since our initial, uh, not initial, but um, the first episode of the Reclamation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time that we're actually in person because everything else is, was through Zoom, right, yep. with other people or whatnot. So it's kind of it's nice to be back at the beginning. But I'm really, really happy to be here for season two. I'm really excited to 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 um to show everyone what we've been working on mm-hmm. and what people have been saying because I feel like the people who are really the stars of season two, actually just like season one, are the guests. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, like yeah. like we got some people who from different parts of the country. Let's see what we got here. We got people coming from uh, Denver, people coming from London. We got people coming from Australia, from Oregon. From uh, Arizona as well, right? Arizona, yeah. from Harlem, from Brooklyn, Atlanta, uh, Indianapolis, um, Kentucky, uh, Oklahoma. Shout out to Oklahoma. Shout out to Oklahoma. Right? Um, we got people coming from California, more people from California. And we've got people who are former members of the church. Mm-hmm. We've got people that are former leaders of the church. Y- you know what I'm more excited about for season two? What's that? We got 51 episodes for y'all. Yeah. That's 51 episodes for That's y'all. a lot. Like, what we're taking you guys through. We're trying to immerse the audience in this, man. And you know what else? You know what else we're doing for the people? Mm-hmm. We're putting out episodes three times a week, man. Yeah. Three times a week, man. Yeah. Other people have to wait like a week. And we did that for season one. Yeah. Right? They had to wait a week. But you know what? Because we like you. Yeah. The people. Yeah. Let's give it to the people. Shout out to the people. Shout out to the people, man. <laughs> All of the people. Yo, quick. Name a song with people in it. Go. The word people? Yeah. Go. Oh. Uh, People Every Day by Arrested Development. I thought it was everyday people. Everyday people. I like how you just remixed it. (laughs) Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B. Martin. These are the voices of season two. And I also think it it helps people see that this happens. This can happen to anybody. This isn't like stupid, weird, crazy people who join these groups. You know, these are idealistic people who who either want a better world or, or a better life in some way or a better family. Or maybe it's even prosperity to make more money. But, you know, it's idealism that hooks people, not that they're weak or stupid. I mean, cults don't want weak and stupid people because you have to run the businesses and you have to recruit and bring in contacts. And, you know, so they're looking for the best and the brightest. They are wrong. You know, you you know, someone who leaves just because they don't agree with their ideology isn't like a dog returning to its own vomit. It's not like... They, they would look, they would frown upon that if he was living in uh, what they would class as an ungodly life. Connections and commonalities, we didn't know each other and how we functioned and who we were. Agreed, but I was like, no, I, I definitely feel like this is, I was part of a cult. Looking at the hallmarks, studying the hallmarks of what cults are, the typical markers, you know, we had them all. 
And so when that becomes internalized and becomes a part of identity, then that makes someone very vulnerable to, to bad actors. And the weird thing was being in the ministry took away all my confidence. Who's ever taught us step-by-step how to listen? I didn't have a class on that. Your spirituality is completely gauged off of how many people you bring in. That's right. How many people you baptize. That's right. So F everything else. I started to think about it. I said, oh, wait a minute. You know, when they can't get that control and they can't do the things that are obvious, they use some tactics to maintain this power and control. You know, so I, it was just obvious to me that I didn't want to be a part of the rules because in the, in the rules, I didn't feel like I measured up. For me, I wasn't being controlled by these people. But it shook me because it was the first time I had really felt alone. I think it's the same thing. I mean, honestly, I think it's the same thing. We're, there's an expectation to win people over and getting them to church is part of that. My friends who do feel like uh, the ICOC is a cult, to me, that is a catchword for um, the controlling things that we did. An unhappy person, but I kind of, I said to myself, as long as I keep busy, and I think that's the reason why I would go out and share my face so much and why I worked a full-time job and why I I tried to do so good in school, because I didn't want to be left with my thoughts. And that's how I, that's how I handled it. However, before we get to those voices. Can I say it? I'm a fan of season one. Can I say that? Yeah, of course. Right? Like, I know it's, it's our show, but. Yeah. I'm a fan. You have to be excited about your own work. It's not even that it's my work. It's that the people that joined us. Yeah. You know? Like, it was the collection of people that. Right entrusted us to tell this story right 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 because it could have gone any other way it could have been salacious it could have been it could have been done poorly sure yeah 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 but they trusted us with that yeah and not only that the people that joined us along the way Mm -hmm. dude messages from people everywhere yeah you went from cousin to uncle to crazy to (laughs) (laughs) no that's season two you just gave away oh that's right Ah! Yo, you don't have to stay tuned in for week 15 to find out about the crazy part. <laughs> you know? But it really went there. And and I was really, really happy with that. What was your takeaway from season one? If 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 you had one. I don't know if I have a specific takeaway from either season strictly because it all to me is in the same realm. And there there's a certain level of um there's a certain level of understanding and sympathy that I have for the whole picture. Yeah. Um, both sides. But both bo- both seasons, both sides had um, similar situations, similar things happened to them. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I have to say what stands out to me about the whole show strictly is, is how for – a dark subject how fun everyone has been <laughs> yeah and and upbeat for something that's dark in their life and yeah um potentially heavy right yeah very and heavy i, I want to bring up some something really funny by the way um 
about the seasons and what I've said over the over the time because I have to amend something. Amend? Yeah, that I I believe that I haven't really been getting correct. Okay. Though I know what it means. Okay. Um, for the longest time, I would say I would be empathetic and talk about empathy, this and that. And I think a lot of times, like a lot of people on the show, um, I think that I, in my mind, I thought I was empathetic and I'm not, I'm actually sympathetic because I don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. I, I kind of always got those things wrong and I never really, until I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she was really kind of breaking it down more and I was like, oh, I always really took empathy as the lighter one when in fact empathy is really like, empathy is like, I know what it's like as a black male to get pulled over. I can empathize with that. I can't. I don't know what that's like. You know, that's never happened to me. And I I, I didn't realize that I often said stuff like that. I did want to. I, I did want to kind of adjust that because I think sometimes I was. I I brought up empathy on the show, and I didn't want to make it seem like I do understand what. I I can only try to understand their pain yeah. and stuff like that, but I have not walked in anybody's shoes with this. You know, you, you you know, it's really interesting you say that because it it seems as we've had these discussions with people. Yeah. It's like something always changes, right? right? Right, right, Like our our point of view seems to evolve every mm-hmm. time or another layer is added to it. And so a story that I thought was complicated is now even more complicated. Right, right, you know? right, right. Yeah. Because there's so many layers and, and undercurrents that I didn't see or understand. And, um, and I'm really looking forward to presenting season two to everybody. I can't right. wait for everyone to hear uh, uh, the people that we have mm-hmm. because- it reminds me of what Dr. Lalich said when she said that there's a cultish experience. Yeah. And not everybody in the same group experiences the group. Right, right, right. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. same way. Right, right. And that really resonated with me. Yeah. Because as we're talking about this group, I call it a cult. Yeah. And there's people that don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, why not? <laughs> right, right. Why not? Were you not there? Like, what are you? But- no, people experience this thing in different ways. Yeah, 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 for sure. And people have different vantage points. Yeah. So we've, this season, we're going to be speaking with people who believe wholeheartedly it's a cult. And these are people that were in leadership. Right. Full-time members. Yeah. Full-time ministry members, yeah. as we like to call it. And they're saying it's a cult. This season, we also have people who are not even related to this organization. Mm-hmm. And then we also have people that were involved and who stopped short of saying the word cult, mm-hmm. right? Everything close to it, but they'll stop short of saying cult. We even have people who are current members right. of the group, right? and they believe it's not a cult, but, but they seem to be sympathetic to what the people who who call it a cult right, right, are, right, right. seem to be sympathetic yeah. to them. So, anyway, anyway, it's all I'll, very it's all very murky because you know what's murky. What's in a word? You know what I mean? It's very easy for 
someone to get angry at someone else and call them a name or call an organization something. And, you know, sometimes you have to really step back and question, like, is it what I'm saying? Is it, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. even people that have, uh, that I've watched kind of devour people at my old job that were very terrible people. Yeah. I'll be quick to go, oh, that's psychopath. It's like, ah, he's probably not a psychopath, but in that <laughs> moment, you know, like, like, and I, and I'll, you know, psychopath like, you, you can't explain to me any different, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's, it's, it's very murky. It's very tricky. And it's very, um, what, what, what you're dealing with, with stuff like this, it's, it's murky and tricky because you're dealing with people's emotions. Yeah. And that is a full spectrum of, yeah. I'm sort of hurt by it. I mean, one of the things that was interesting about particularly season one, not to get into any names or call anybody out, you could see some people were much more nervous not to talk to us. Just in general, I would almost say like they're still trying to come to grips with this. You have other people that are very well adjusted after it and Mm -hmm. just kind of just like, that's eh, done. Like mm-hmm. it, it was terrible, but I'm, I'm done from it. You know? Yeah. And you have other people that are very, you could tell are very hurt by it still. And, and we're talking in season two with the people we've spoke with in season two or, or the combination of both. I would say the combination. I, I mean, season one sticks out to me the most. Yeah. Um, uh, season two, obviously as well. Uh, um, I, I guess, I don't know why I'm sticking just with season one. Because um, season one is, you know, that's, that's, that's the, that's the first dance. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you know, you'll never forget the first dance. Right. But <clears throat> so anyhow, so one of the things that that was a turning point for this church, and we mentioned it several times, is this letter. Right. All right, man. I'm about to I'm about to explain this letter to you. All right. So you've heard of this letter. You've heard people say the letter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So what do you think when you hear that? Like, what do you? Uh, uh, only a select few will understand this. It is not the Brothers Johnson Strawberry Letter 23. If you know, you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Let me think about this for a second. Um, The letter to me is... uh, <laughs> The letter is like a dark force in a Marvel movie that accidentally got unleashed. <laughs> They were really trying to keep it, like, you know, in this tomb, buried deep within the core of some extraterrestrial planet. Uh, And then, you know, actually, there's a crack in this tomb, and it escapes, and it just blows things wide open. And it wreaks havoc. (laughs) Yeah. And everyone's like, everyone's rushing to contain it. They're just, oh my god, we gotta get on top of this, it's about to destroy worlds. And it, sure enough, it did. Dude, well done. That's exactly what happened. Like, as you're saying this, I'm thinking Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, man. Well, that's exactly what happened. Right. So, the letter was penned in, I believe, late 2002. Right. And released in 2003. Early 2003. Please tell me it was penned in blood. It was penned in sheep blood. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken. <clears throat> but no, it was even worse. It was penned in email. 
in New Times font. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? New Times Roman. <laughs> this was an email. This was an email. Wow. That's that just changed my whole perspective on this. Why? I mean, I mean well, well, to be fair, it was sent via email. I'm sure it was a word doc. <laughs> well, no, but that's that's what's even funnier to me that like if <laughs> look, there's something really powerful about sitting by a you know a whale blubber lamp with a quill and 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 just penning this whole thing out like 19 pages and then like you fold it, you put it in a leather bound thing, and you seal it with wax, and you're like. Charles, bring this to the post office. <laughs> You've got to send this out. You know who's Charles? I don't know. Maybe Charles is like the the boy that helps him or something like that. Dude, move it back. Move it back. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, um, so, but then what cracks me up is that like someone's really angry, and there's clack 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 clack. You know, like oh, they're gonna hear about this, and all of a sudden, like Clippy pops up, and it's like, do you need help knowing how to save a document? <laughs> And you're just trying to X out of that thing, like no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be serious here. Oh god, <laughs> I just love that. Oh, like, no, you did. This not. could have been early word Dude, where it's just I have like to stand up, man. I'm cramping up here, man. I'm not supposed to get cramps <laughs> laughing. <sighs> I mean, there it takes a level of, <laughs> it takes a level of like seriousness out of it. It knocks it down a peg or two. <laughs> Damn. Well, maybe I should tell the story in another way. It was written under a under a kerosene lamp <laughs> over the course of forty nights <laughs> during a blackout, <laughs> a countryside blackout. But no. here, but here's here, what's funny is that that's all we know now, right? What do you mean? And uh, our emails and electronic yeah. devices, and and that is actually where a lot of the anger comes from these days. Uh, funny enough, because now you don't understand someone's tone. Well, we've lost that ability. You know. Well, the letter certainly did not. The letter certainly was able to capture tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And emotion. So right. here, here's here's how it went down. So there was this um, this leader in London, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of things wrong with the church. Everybody knew it, but it was seldom discussed. Yeah, and if it was discussed. You were piped down yeah, pretty easily. And also, nobody dared to speak. Right. That's the kind of environment we had. Yeah. <clears throat> that we had uh, created or lived in. So, here's this guy who writes this letter, and it's intended for leaders only. Yeah. Like, hey, guys. It's like upper management, right? Like, guys, this is what's happening, and... We need to fix this. You're saying you're saying leaders across the world of the church of the church, not one specific location. Uh, it might have went. It might have because it was written in London or it's from England. Rather, the the, the leader is from England. Yeah. So it might have been for the leadership of England okay. and in turn the leadership around the world. But he was writing to them specifically, but talking about the problems in the church worldwide. I, I mean, uh, it, say it was just London. I mean, do you think, do you think there could have been a hundred people on that email? That yeah, 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 something like like in the hundreds. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to bet that there's probably a little bit of a. Well, it's only going to these people. 
Well, you know what I mean? And, and also the 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 uh the concept of going viral yeah was not even a thing back in 2002 mm-hmm. 2003. So he pens this letter to <laughs> pens this letter. He writes this letter directed towards leadership in which he's talking about what's wrong with the church. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who was not a leader who got hold of it. Right. And not that he stole it. It was actually shared with him too. Yeah. He wasn't one of the leaders. He was just a regular guy, a regular member from the church. And his response was, oh, 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 this is too good. From that moment, inadvertently, the letter was shared with members around the world. Next time on The Reclamation. <laughs> if that if the letter was a song, it'd be Michael Jackson Man in the Mirror. <laughs> okay. That's what, it's asking us to make a change. <laughs> I don't you even, literally I had, don't even understand how I, they thought they could continue doing this. How about this? So these are two people who are who are gonna be speaking about this, because I think that they can tell this story better than I can. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The church in the U.S. sends a speaker to London, England, to speak to you guys about this matter. So we thought. So we thought. <laughs>